I mean, she's been a lot of stuff too, but so is J-Lo. Did J-Lo's done it all? Oh, yeah. She's been in the Super Bowl. J-Lo's, J-Lo's done movies, TV shows, music. She went to my gym. Really? Yeah, but I was in school when she went. That's funny. So I was like, oh. <laughs> and That's I could funny. tell, I could tell because it's, the gym was super everything. Like, 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 I knew, like, what time frame she went. Mm-hmm. And my and the reason I know is because my gym posted her. And they were like, oh, damn, Jennifer. Funny. Yeah. And you went there, you went, damn. I was at school and I'm like, bruh, oh, I could have met J-Lo. <laughs> that sucks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the Project 88 podcast. I'm your host, AC, and here with me today is artist, photographer, and owner of the 8%. Give it up for David. How's it going? How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say you're a monster at editing. I've seen Thank your you. work. Appreciate it. I'm a huge fan. I appreciate it. Uh, so let's get out the way. What camera do you use and what editing software do you use? Um, so I shoot on Canon cameras. Um, I balance between a few of them. Uh, my main one is uh, it's called a Canon 5D Mark IV. Um, I have a bunch of different lenses and stuff on it. Um, I'm very simple. I, mean, I try to keep it very basic. Um, for editing, I use Final Cut. So I'm mm. not up there with the, with the guys who use Premiere and shit. I don't know. I, I'm very simple. Really? I try to keep it very... I'm surprised. Very fla- I'm not really flashy. Mm. Yeah, so. Did you watch a lot of YouTube growing up? Uh, growing up, no. Growing up, I was like really disconnected from like the internet and like wow. modern culture until I was like maybe fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Um, my parents like really old school, so mm-hmm. like I was that kid who was like really into like reading and like actual books and shit. Like I was, like, <laughs> I was a fucking nerd. Yeah, no, nothing to be ashamed though. That sounds great. Um, I grew up listening to like Spanish music my whole life. Like mm. I like I got into culture when I like got into middle school. Yeah. And that kind of like opened my eyes I mean, nothing more. wrong, bro. Shakira's a banger. Yeah, La Camisa Negra. Yeah, all classics. that. Um, but yeah, I think YouTube for me really, really became like a huge thing in my life when I was like 15, 16. Like, in, like middle of high school. Yeah. Mm. And what type of YouTubers did you watch? Did, did they inspire you to do what you do now? Like Suzy? Yeah, of course. Or the um, animators? You know, you look at like people in the filmmaking space. You look at people like Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, he's crazy inspirational to not just me, tons of people, mm-hmm. especially that like time where like vlogging was kind of new, right. no one ever really done that before. He mm-hmm. was like really, really changing the way that was done. And then, you know, YouTube is one of those things where you go down like the rabbit hole. Yeah. Like, you pick one thing, you just spend hours and hours and days on it. Right. So yeah, no, I definitely look at YouTube as like meeting like i think honestly i look at it as kind of like a networking opportunity too which is i think it's kind of weird because everyone loves to look at big youtubers right which we all do yeah um but i've met friends through youtube videos like i've i have friends that i've some i've never i've still never met in person but uh, we're friends oh, simply because friends. like their video popped up on my recommended that's really cool honestly yeah, yeah. and and uh and it's better because you feel, you already you have a bond established yeah to begin with so you know i think like everyone's kind of scared about that everyone's kind of scared of like, using the internet to find people i think as long as you have like an actual relationship with somebody the internet's a great place to meet people yeah like, not saying you should fucking get on tinder and try to make friends on tinder but like i don't know yeah. like instagram is great for that youtube is great tiktok mm-hmm. is insanely popular right now oh yeah it's, um, it's going on so yeah i don't know i think i attribute 
a lot of my success and a lot of like the new relationships that I have in the last like five years to mm-hmm. YouTube and the internet and all these different things. Right. Yeah. Any particular YouTube rabbit holes that you dove in re- recently? Like, um, uh, like scary stories. I don't know why like, I'm really channels. into like watching like music video reactions right now. Music video reactions. Yeah, like either filmmakers, like people who like musicians. They just, oh. Like, dissect. Uh huh. Okay. Stuff, dissect view like music videos or songs. Yeah, like they kind of critique it and say like, yeah. oh, they did this really well. Yeah. Like that. I think, yeah, I think that's kind of weird for me, um, but I don't know, I think I'm also one of those dudes who, like, my work, quote-unquote, like, my research time is, like, me sitting and watching Netflix for, like, eight hours. Yeah. And I think, like, if I watch YouTube videos like that, like, I get to learn more about, like, even new podcasting is, like, I don't, I have no idea how to use that thing, but now I have, to, like, now I'm intrigued to, like, audio and sound design and voiceovers mm-hmm. and all of that plays into what I do. Yeah. So the more, like, the more like things that I can get into and the more things that I can have my, my hands in, the more that I can really understand how to do what I do better. Right. So, and it's always so, uh, so interesting talking to, to filmmakers and editors mm-hmm. because when you watch a movie as, as a, as opposed to the average Joe, yeah. you see it differently. You, you look yeah. at that technique, you don't look at, at the scene for, Oh, like j- just what it is. You see yeah. at the techniques, uh, what the positions, what they're doing in this. Yeah. Does that ever like affect you? Like, let's say you're watching a, a scary a scary movie or, or action thriller and you, and you could see a plot twist coming a mile away and you're like oh this is gonna happen so for me i think i watch movies and tv shows in like three different stages like i if i don't if never if like i've never seen it before mm-hmm. and it's completely new to me um i would just like let myself go like i'll be like an average joe okay i'll like let myself get into the story and i'll be like i want to learn how to like care about characters and like let myself go into that once i've seen it and once i know it if it's if, if it's if it stands out at all, like if it's not anything super bland and like if it's somewhat original, um, I think the next step for me is like I watch it thirty five million times mm-hmm. and I, I look at angles and shots and editing and continuity and all these different things. Right. Um, and then the hard part is like when people ask me for recommendations, and I'm like, this one you should watch that movie, and they're like, oh, let's watch it together, and I was like, dude, you know how hard it is to shut up and not be like. Right here, there's going to be an error because the guy was holding the cup and then now he's not holding the cup in the next scene. Watch, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to hold back on those same things when I've seen the same movie or TV uh-huh. show like 25 times. Oh, that's great. I love um, that. But yeah, no, I think for me, I try to definitely let myself go and try to like not necessarily look at it from like a filmmaker perspective the first time at least. Mm-hmm. And then obviously if I'm interested in it, I'll go back and I'll dissect it and I'll, and I'll figure out how to like, how do I, how can I incorporate that into what I do and, Exactly. Think about those things. Uh, that being said, what are your thoughts on like Marvel movies and things of that nature, like Star Wars, like big productions, like of a bunch of. Um, I think for me, I think you know, there's something magical about movies. Okay. It's always, it's always going to be the same thing. Right. Um. Obviously, there are points and in industries and and certain types of movies that cut corners that aren't necessarily like really focused on let's make the best move we can, but let's try to squeeze out and make as much money as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think the cool thing about filmmaking is that I think not like you don't have to be a professional. Right. I think like the more and more that I do what I do and the more and more that I realize that I can do this, like five years ago, I had no clue that I could do this much without graduating from film school, without having like an internship in a studio, without going to LA like, I had no idea what was possible. Right. And the more that I accomplished, the more that I realized that 
I don't know, maybe like traditional Hollywood isn't necessarily for me. Mm-hmm. Just because I think, um, I don't know, I much more am a person who values like intent versus like, I, I don't know, I just, I don't like the idea of manipulating people to come and get them to like buy a ticket every time right. and pay and pay over and over and streams and all this and stuff. Mm. So I don't mind the industry. Um, and there are definitely very, good people in the industry and I respect I have favorite directors I have favorite movies and franchises and some of my, like some of my favorite memories and before I did this are like of movies so like my favorite childhood memories are me going to movies right even before I do what I do so yeah I think I don't mind the industry but it, I think it definitely has a lot of potential to be cleaned up a bit mm. so it's not like one of your favorites but so you weren't you wouldn't say you want to hype for like Infinity War Endgame that type of stuff you saw it more as a Say it again? You weren't you were excited for Infinity War or Endgame? Yeah, of course. Like you know, like the first time I see things, I'm like, damn, like, I let myself go and I'm like, alright, all right. I wanna see like does he die? Does he not? Like yeah. the snap? Like of course, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get invested. Um I'm a I'm a big Robert Downey Jr. fan and you know, I think it's yeah. cool to like kind of I think the coolest thing about movies in general is that it can make you feel like you're part of a community. I think Marvel does that very well. Yeah, they do. I think they have an insane fan base. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah, of course, you know, I'm excited and I'm pumped and I, I buy the ticket and I go see with friends or stream and we have a little get together. Right. So, yeah, no, of course, I think I can definitely be that person and have like a good time and like dedicate myself to that too. Right. But you would rather watch like a, uh, like the Irishman or. or yeah, of, of course. Nature. I mean, I think, I think <laughs> I'm really good at like switching between both. I think it's hard to do that with people right. because you're like, I want to watch the Irishman. The Irishman is like three hours long. Yeah. There's not a lot of explosions and shit. Like it's it's quiet. You have to listen to what people are saying and like you have to get the storyline and all that stuff. And it's hard to find people who aren't into filmmaking and aren't like those kind of people that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to sit down and like listen to Robert De Niro talk for like three hours and do yeah. that without like nobody dying. It'll be like no explosions, just old dudes in suits. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I can I I can do both, but I think it's hard to find people that can also bounce between those things. Right. I mean, the Irishman has been out of, uh, when did it come out? 2020? Last yeah, year, right? Yeah, came out last year. It's been out for a minute, but uh, I always wanted to talk about it. I always enjoyed it. I always, I, I thought, it. I I thought it was a great movie. And I, I liked, great. at first you see that, like, the four hour marking, like, whoa. Yeah. But I was surprised that, like, I was, I was almost done with it, my first sitting. And then I was just hooked. Like, they did. If you get game. over the fact that it's, like, not, like, a super action-y movie and you mm-hmm. can, like, commit to, like, where like where the story it's a great movie yeah i think it's hard to be honest i think like in modern i think like in terms of like modern cinema i think it's hard to beat the combination of like those guys right like robert de niro joe pesci mm-hmm. um Liotta, um Pacino. it's hard to beat that combination of dudes those yeah. dudes are legends legendaries um and so it's like to have all of them, I don't know, because you think of like when they were all acting together, you think of like Raging Bull, you think of like really old movies, Casino, mm-hmm. um, you think of all those old movies, so to have it kind of modernized a bit is really cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, but The Irishman's a great movie. Super really? good movie. What do you think of the de-aging factor? Because I, I know some people had a problem what, that they say they should have used a, a, a buddy double for De Niro. Yeah. Because he, he had a young face, but you could tell it was an old body yeah. in some scenes. I think, look, I think, is it perfect? No. I think the fact that, I don't know, I think the fact that 
like take King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay. That shit looks real. Yeah. So it looks great. The fact that King Kong is so old, like super old. King yeah. Kong is like super old. Mm-hmm. And the fact that if you watch the first King Kong, it looks so bad. Terrible. Oh, completely fake. The black and white one? Yeah. <laughs> but people loved it. People commit to it because they're like, I again, I don't think it's necessarily about what it looks like. I think it's more... But what it represents, like the, the, the story and the, and and the acting of it. I think it's. Can you get someone to body double Robert De Niro? Sure. Can he look exactly like Robert De Niro? Sure. Is he going to be able to give the same performance and the same conveying? I doubt it. Yeah. So for me, it doesn't really bother me. Obviously, I accept it, and I, like I'm not six. Like I not I I can tell. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, Robert De Niro is not like de aging automatically yeah. for a scene, but. I don't mind it. I don't mind it, to be honest. I don't know if people had a problem with it. I don't know what was the thing. I mean, my, my friend uh, told him that it uh, was particularly the scene where he's fighting the the store owner outside. Okay. That yeah. that he, he it kind of took him out the movie because he's at that moment, he's supposed to be like this tough guy. Yeah. And then and then it's like, yeah, you know, it's two old guys fight. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I can see that. I understand that. That, yeah. that doesn't bother me, though. But definitely a, a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, previously I I brought up rabbit holes. I, I took a little deep yeah. dive on your Instagram and okay. in your work. Okay. Like I said, monster editing. I Thank loved you. it. Uh, I saw a video you posted back in November of 2019, and okay. saw you talked about wanting to do freelance photography work in 2012. Yeah. And then completely given completely switched. Yeah, completely given completely switched. <laughs> so, completely. Given how 2020 actually went down. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your experience go? Um, I mean, look, I think it's like, cause I, the reason I did that video mm-hmm. was because I had shot a wedding for, yeah. for friends of mine. Um, and the only wedding I've shot since then was actually like two weeks ago. Um, so I spent the whole, like I, a year and a half of none of that because it's hard, right? Like you, in the middle of a pandemic, you can't be like, I'm going to go travel to shoot a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Very few people were getting married. They, my friends were supposed to get married a while ago, and they pushed it back because of COVID. They shrunk their wedding party because of COVID. So I think, you know, it all kind of worked out. I think at that point in November, I didn't know that a month later we were going to be doing the first shoot for the 8%. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that we were going to start the brand in January. I didn't know that COVID was going to hit in March. None of that was known. Yeah. And so, you know, for me... That video in November of 19 was more of just like, I want to focus on this specific part. And then because COVID came and like, that was such a reality. I don't think I stopped doing that. I don't think I stopped like thinking about doing that, but other things just kind of came like other opportunities just showed up and it was like, okay, well I can't necessarily shoot weddings. Let's try this thing. Ended up really, really liking the idea of running a brand, of learning graphic design, of all these other things, doesn't mean that I neglect the fact that I still wanted to like do weddings and, and families and do things like that because I love that. It's just there was a point in November where I was fully committed to that being my only focus. Mm-hmm. For me, the brand wasn't really solidified at right. all. The brand didn't exist. The brand at that point was like maybe an idea. Yeah. Fast forward a year of November of 2020. The brand is like 10 people team with people buying internationally, people buying nationally, people 
trying like to, to talk about collabs and doing podcasts and working on other projects and doing a music video with people wearing this stuff. So it became so big that it didn't take over, but it was definitely like, let's figure this out first. And I'll just keep that in the back of my head. Right. Yeah. So I know it sounds kind of twisted and morbid, but, but mm-hmm. do you see it as kind of like a, a blessing in disguise? 100%. 100 percent i think right i think that's when that's when like the best things happen is when you're like you don't want you don't chase them you don't want them yeah right like doesn't everyone say that like when you the moment you like stop wanting to find love is the moment somebody find like comes in your life and you're like that's it that's the one yeah it's the same thing i think the fact that i was so committed to like okay i'm gonna focus on this mm-hmm. i Again, that was kind of stupid. I focused so much on that one thing that I wanted to do that I kind of blocked every other possibility. Yeah. And if it wasn't for COVID, I'm very stubborn. If it wasn't for COVID, I don't think I would have accepted or, or like been okay with the possibility of like shutting that down and not focusing on weddings and families and things like that to try to start a clothing brand. Right. So 100% that was a huge blessing in disguise. The fact that I had to take a second and like open my eyes wider to see what I what like what else I could do in that time right but personally like uh taking a side note are you one of those people like now that mm-hmm. when you work on a project you only uh, put all your efforts in that one thing or do you uh, split up yourself no. and do multiple things so at once in general I've always been like a one-man band always mm-hmm. like when I started doing photography and video in high school um like you learn about the film industry, you learn about that. You learn there's you can have an entire job only dedicated to building that camera. You never touch it. You never shoot anything. You never do anything with it. Yeah. There's so many moving parts, and that takes money. And that yeah. takes time, and so obviously because of necessity, I had to learn a little bit about everything myself, and that kind of became my like my way of doing things. Like I was, I'm gonna do everything. Yeah. Um. When the brand became a thing, up until that point, I had always done things myself. Like, I had a, maybe a few friends that were into filmmaking and photography that we'd go out and like, we have a like we have a few friends who are models. We have a few friends who are photographers. We like we have a we have a kind of like a community. But up until the brand, I had never worked on one big project collaboratively with like a bunch of people. Yeah. The second that I realized that. Because again, I, I, tried, I tried to do clothing in college, like 2018. And I tried to do it by myself. No pandemic, nothing. Yeah. Perfect conditions. I tried it by myself. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. So the second that we started this brand, I was like, if we're going to start it, I need to bring in as many helping hands as I can. All right. You learned from... And so I've been learning for the past like year and a half at getting better at delegating. Mm-hmm. And getting better at being like, I'm putting my trust into people... The benefit is obviously huge for me because, you know, it's less stress for me and I can focus my energy more on, like, designing the pieces and, like, making sure the shoots go well and creative direction and making sure that it looks the way that I want it to look. And so that's the benefit that I get out of it. But I think it's also great, like, that was a huge blessing for me, the fact that by the time the brand started, I had spent maybe eight months, nine months doing stuff for fun yeah going out with my friends doing shit for no reason and so because i had worked with a lot of people people that come people that gone i saw people's true colors i saw people's 
ability to like work under pressure. I had already built my team. So mm. I started the brand with the team intact. The team has existed from the, from the very beginning. Yeah. And so for me, it's just not been the process of learning to delegate and learning to let go more because dude, like we took most of 2020 off. We started taking it off in March. Right. We didn't shoot anything. We didn't put anything out. We didn't do anything. Um, and so we decided that we we're going to start putting stuff out in January of this year. And so to get everything ready for that, we started shooting stuff in October. In October, again, we had taken nine, eight months off doing nothing, completely yeah. nothing. So October comes and I'm a little worried, right? Because I have my team. My team is intact. Great. But we're rusty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and that worries me a little bit, right? Because not only are we rusty and most people would probably say you need to like get back into the rhythm, but we had also chosen in October to shoot a campaign that was our most ambitiously complicated thing by far. Like over two days, like 50 people rented a car, rented a boat. Like it was the biggest production we've ever done. It was the biggest thing I've ever been a part of. And yeah, it's cool for it to be like for my own thing. That's great. Yeah. But I was definitely nervous about it being like so many moving parts, exactly. so much, so soon, Damn. coming like from zero to a hundred. We finished day one and we have our issues, whatever, but we, we get it done. We figure it out. Um, and so I go home, I start washing clothes, drying clothes, folding and ironing, whatever, whatever, getting ready for day two. And I knock out on my couch and I wake up at like 5 a.m. Just like by myself, like I just wake up. And we're supposed to start shooting day two at like 8 a.m. Um, and I wake up on my couch and I can't hear out of my right ear. Wow. I can't hear. I didn't hear for like three weeks. Like my ears did not work for like three weeks. Did you find out why? High blood pressure. It was just stress. You were stressed out. It was just stress. Wow. It was stress of me trying to do 78 different things at once. Mm. Trying to like move 50 people yeah. all at once while worrying about money and insurance and liability and rentals and time and all this and gear and all these different things. So for me, it's really been about trusting my team more and learning to delegate and learning to let go. Right. Yeah. So in the beginning, you're really a, a micromanager, but now yeah, time. I was definitely a micromanager because, you know, it's hard, right? It's hard to let go of like something that you make. Like it, it's like your baby. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to like leave your kid at preschool. It's hard to like give somebody else your baby and be like, do your thing. And yeah. I trust you and I trust your ability to handle problems and then let other people know what to do and direct people and like to give someone else trust of that mm. is nervous is nerve-wracking so but i think i've definitely gotten better um i think that the hearing thing was a big wake-up call for me yeah definitely um and you know honestly it's just it's made me focus more on being healthy enough to lead the brand correctly and lead people correctly right yeah. so with that being said uh, can you tell me a little bit more of how and why you started the the eight percent brand so i started the brand um we technically launched in january of 2020 um i've been working on it myself by myself from Mm. like the summer of 19 kind of coming up with like figuring out the name the direction of it what i wanted to look like the first few designs building the team um and we had our first shoot december of 19 um i came up with the idea because in that summer of 19 i was taking classes at school right um 
and I had failed the previous semester. And so my mom was like, I need you to focus. And I was like, all right, look, I'll take summer classes for six weeks. And for those six weeks, I won't touch my camera. That was my entire life at that point. I didn't, the brand didn't exist. I didn't have a job. I mean, I had a, I had like a, not like a job in what I wanted to do. I had a, like a regular shitty job. Yeah, part-time. Yeah. Um, but like my only focus, my only interest in life was like Friday through Sunday. I would get every, as many pictures, as many videos. I would do everything and everything for that for every single weekend. That was my entire life at that point. And so I was like, I'm going to take those six weeks off and I'm not going to touch my camera for six weeks. Right. Um, the first two weeks were fine, but, but like by week three, I was like a crack addict. I was like twitching and like fucking jittery <laughs> and shit. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and I was, it was hard to just like not do anything with my camera and to not go out and like see my friend. It was like quarantine before quarantine. Yeah. Um, and so I just needed some sort of creative outlet. And you know, I, I, my dad has a print shop. My dad's had a print shop since like 1992. Wow. And so I grew up in that print shop, like seeing him graphic design stuff, seeing him like print stuff the old way with like letter markers and negatives. And I like that was very much where like my creative side was born. And so graphic design has always been a thing like in the back of my head. I never did anything with it. I never did it professionally. I never pursued it at all. But it was always something that I did like for fun. And so in the middle of that, like, moment where i couldn't go out and shoot anything i was like i need some sort of creative outlet let me just design stuff mm-hmm. made some clothes i made a sweater with my name on it yeah i made one for me wasn't anything crazy i made it has my name on it and a quote on the back that's it and i only i got one printed at a local print shop and i just started wearing it and people were like that's kind of cool where'd you make that like, where'd you get that do you sell that is that a thing can i buy one yeah and i was like okay let's let's try it let's commit I had tried clothing before in college. It failed. But I was like, all right, that's fine. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be this giant brand. It was supposed, like, I'm going to sell this sweater to see how it does. Yeah. Um, but I definitely knew that I didn't want it to be named after me. I didn't want it to be called, like, DRCR or anything. Like, I wanted it to have a meaning that wasn't tied to me at all. And so I was writing a paper for, for a class, and I looked up, I was looking up, like, articles and research and shit. And I found this article by Inc. that I actually ended up pretty out. It's hanging like it's hung on my wall. Um, and the title of the article was like, scientists say that 92% of people don't achieve their goals in life. Right. And so I heard that and immediately I was like, I don't like that. I want to be part of the 8%. Mm-hmm. And I just liked the fact that it stood for like community. And I liked the fact that it stood for ambition and, and progress and, and growth. And, and really just like... I I understand that coming from a family of like very old school people, none of which do art, all of which are like lawyers and doctors and educators and professionals, that it's it's difficult to be the first person in your family who's like, I want to do art and I want to do something kind of unconventional. Yeah. Um and I liked that it was I very much identified with it and I very much identified with, with what it meant and stood for and so I thought other people would too. And that's how, that's how we came with the brand. And then we put out the first sweater. And then ever since then, we've just been trying to figure out one that would really, really pop off and one that would really, really hit. And, and it hasn't necessarily happened. Like, we haven't sold a, like tens of thousands of dollars of clothes. But I think the cool, like, even, probably even cooler than that, 
is the fact that like every single time we do something else, the the people that are following us, number one grows, and number two is getting wider. Yeah. Like I know like less. It's it's not so much friends and family anymore. It's people internationally that I've never met. It's people that are in like Washington and Montana that I don't know. Yeah. That find us through an Instagram ad, or for like through a friend, or the fact that we collab with like musicians and artists now, and so. I think the coolest part has been the fact that the community of people who identify with the meaning of the brand is growing and is getting further and further away from us. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I love um, the idea that you're, you have this discussion with your mom and she goes, hey, man, you need to focus uh, on school. I hate stop that. It for I hate that school, school was the reason I came up with this thing. Yeah. I hate that. And then I you're like, that. I guess I won't do photography. Yeah. And then you start a clothing brand instead yeah. and, it, and it pops off. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, I think, I think I was like talking to my mom about this a few days ago. They're like, you should try to do like real estate videos and wedding videos and all these different things. Um, and I, you know, I think it's a, it's a very difficult line to draw. I think it's a very difficult thing to, to understand that just because you do photography, just because you do videography, doesn't mean that you love cameras. I don't love cameras. Yeah. I don't love cameras. I don't. I tried it. I, I definitely tried it. I think everyone is kind of interested in kind of like, ooh, money, right? Like I can make money. Yeah. I don't have to be in an office. I, I don't have to have a nine to five. Um, but again, if what made me wake up out of bed every single day was moving a piece of metal and pressing buttons, I would be able to do real estate videos and wedding videos and cooking videos and all that. And I tried it. Right. But there comes a point where you're like. I don't want to touch that thing. I don't want to look at that thing. You get burned out. You get burned out. And if the thing that I have been putting all of my effort into since I was 16, 15, if there's a point where I look at that and I don't want to do anything with it, that's a huge red flag. Huge. Yeah. So for me, I've always tried to like make people understand that I'm not a camera person. I'm just a creative human being. I write... I draw, I sketch. My like kid dream was to be an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got into cameras. Then I got into clothing. Um, so I think it's I think it's really interesting that like clothing became kind of like the center of what I'm doing now because I didn't realize that all of these like formats go into this one thing like. I rediscovered and I'm getting much better and I'm the entire sole designer of the brand. I do gra- I there are, I spend more time graphic designing than I shoot now. Wow. We in the whole process of the brand, we have graphic designers, we have um video people, we have photo people, we have editors, we have people who model, we have people who help me come up with taglines and slogans and and pieces and we look at like garments and makeups of garments and like research and like business and i have to sound like now i'm thinking about shopify and e-commerce and shipping costs and fighting with ups on the phone (laughs) um so i think clothing was really interesting how it kind of became the center of everything because it's a platform for us to do all the stuff we've always done right and i think i think that's like my biggest goal with the brand is like i don't I, i don't really care about I don't have a timeline. Like, I'm not going to be upset if I don't sell, if I don't pop off, like, this year. Yeah. If I don't pop off this year, I'm not going to cry. 
I think the coolest thing is that like I get calls now from my friends who are studying business and I get calls from people because they've put the brand on their resume and people call me and they're like, are you the person who owns this brand? Can you vouch for this person? Wow. So I think the fact that like, I kind of came up with a platform. I kind of came up with like an opening for people. And so people now reach out to us and they're like, look, I don't model. I'm interested in modeling. I don't have a portfolio. I can't afford a portfolio. Trying to get into modeling, but they won't take me unless I have a portfolio. Can you help me out? With Can you help me? Yeah. Can I model for your brand? And they're like, yeah. Like, look, we can't afford to pay you. I can't pay. I can't pay you. Yeah. But you can come by. I'll feed you. We'll hang out. We'll listen to cool music. Take some cool photos, and we all go home. Wow. And people love that. And so, right? Like, there are friends of mine that, again, I was able to have that team before, who are like, I want to get into photography. Cool. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. I'm re- I'm studying business and I want to go into marketing. Cool. Let's try. It. Let's figure it out. Let's run social media together. Let's do graphic design. Let's do video editing. Let's do. I'm gonna put you only on my campaign videos, only on commercials, only on reels, only on TikToks. Right. And it's cool to be able to provide like a platform for people. I think maybe like a month ago was the first time that I was ever like able to go to my team and be like, "Hey, by the way, we made profit here." And I sent them money. And they're like, what? What the fuck? We made money? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets like 200 bucks. And they're like, wow, that's huge. Like we, like, because again, I think because I don't, I'm not afraid of like being ambitious and doing what I want to do with nothing, like no security. That whole, like that, like the, the, the campaign in October with the, with the car and the, and the boat and all that stuff and all that time. I think we spent like five thousand, six thousand dollars on it, Oof. with no money coming back, no security of anything yeah. being made back, none of it. And so, because I've never been that person who like overvalues money or like lets money be the excuse that I don't do things, mm-hmm. um, there, I think everyone's really surprised when like we can make <laughs> we can make money and make profit. And it was really I don't know it was really, it was just very cool to be able to like pay my team and be like. This is for all the hard work you guys do. Yeah. And it definitely, uh, I see that as a benefit because in the long run, it'll, it'll definitely help you more. I think, right, because everyone's like, why don't you just scale down production, do things much simpler, mm-hmm. and just scrape a little bit of money? And I'm like, I could do that. Right. That's true. But that's not the point. That's not the point. I think the fact that, I don't know, I think it's impressive and very rare. I don't even think, like, big companies can say that. Like, huge companies can say that. The fact that I have these people that have stuck by me for more than a year and have given their time, that I, the fact that I call them at 3 in the morning and I send them design ideas or I send them inspirations or they send me reels that we'd like to, like, figure out how to adopt that and we should do this kind of marketing and we should do that kind of vibe for this piece and that kind of vibe for that piece. And the fact that we have that bond and that community within ourselves and it's not tied at all by money it is 100 percent loyalty and friendship and exactly. trust yeah it's very rare and i think 100 percent that is a huge if not the main reason that i will one day be successful with his brand is yeah. because of that trust in that community and that friendship yeah definitely and i i've definitely like i said i've seen your work mm-hmm. and I, I i tell myself this man deserves more followers this man deserves more exposure and not just that the quality of your work, but also like in the quantity that you do 
I give out. We we work in volume. We do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's. I think that's honestly. I think that's the, the that's the way to be successful quickly. Right. Is you have to put out really good shit a lot. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. It's a hard thing. <laughs> it's difficult. It's hard. Yeah, it's very it's difficult easy. to maintain that. Um. You know, in college, um, I, I I showed up in college and I went to a small college in North Carolina. Didn't know anybody. I think I knew maybe one person. Um, very, very small, like 2,800 people in the entire college in like a super small town. Everything's closed. It's pitch black by nine o'clock. The beach was like four hours away. The mall was like 45 minutes away. Yeah. Super small town. Um, and when I showed up there, I was like, I want to try to do YouTube. Love YouTube. I've been watching it for years. I want to try to do it. Yeah. Immediately I jumped in Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I had friends that were trying to do it back here at home. And they're like, yeah, I'm doing like maybe, maybe one video a week, maybe two if I can. I was doing three and I did that for like eight months and like eight months straight. I don't know. I think when you figure something out, and I think people don't do that often because they're not sure of the decisions they make. But when you decide something that you like, if you want to pursue that, there's no reason why you should not go 150%. Mm, every time I completely agree I think it's unrealistic for you to want it's like going to the gym right? you can't go to the gym on. you can't start going to the gym on Sunday and want a six pack on Monday <laughs> yeah it's, it's unrealistic you can't yeah same way you can't make one video a month and expect a million followers every single month it's it's unrealistic um do I think I deserve more I don't know maybe um I think that was a struggle that I had um, when I was in, yeah, I think when we started the brand, I think I was like, I realized that for a long time, what I chased was attention, was fame. Um, and I think it was thanks to the brand, um, that I got out of that because the brand, since we don't have the money to be able to like do stuff so quickly, um, we have to be patient. And so I designed something and I designed something that may not come out for six, eight months later. And it's the patience of being like, I have to sit on this, build it, think that it works, think that it's great, hope that everyone else will think that it's great, but not know. And sit and be patient with that. Um, And I think, I don't know, I think it's, again, I think that's something that you tap into very much later in life. Mm -hmm. I think I got over my obsession with like immediate gratification yeah and i got cool and i and I honestly really love it even i love it so much more i love playing the long game definitely i'm definitely here to play long game and it's definitely because when it comes to actually making the videos um doing what you want to do editing how you want to edit mm-hmm. it you have all these factors but the only factor is that you can't control is the algorithm or, or who's going to watch yeah. it how many people are going to watch yeah. it and it's 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 like a shot in the dark, every time. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, again, I think people spin that as a negative. Right. I think the fact that it's a shot in the dark, people are like scared because you're gonna miss. Cool. I think a lot of things in life are like, I don't know. I think everyone looks at like music and rap as like the example. The more you put out, the more chances you have. I think it's unrealistic for you to put out one song and expect it to be top ten. Yeah. That's dumb. Stuff not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Again, I think the idea of like an overnight success, 
doesn't exist. I mean, it has gotten easier. It's been of more course, possible. It's been democratized recently, very much so because of, like you said, YouTube, TikTok, YouTube, especially. Yeah, social media itself is insanely viral. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think I I I say that a lot, and I think people that kind of like shocks people. Like, I'm very happy that I've not been successful. Mm. I'm very happy because I think I think about what it like what would it have been like for me to be successful for me to pop off at like 17 yeah or like 18 or 19 and i think i just wasn't in the right headspace for me to be like okay cool i think i definitely would have been the person who and i think again i think it's hard for people to admit that i think you have i think you tap into that much later in life i think it's hard to admit that you can be a person who just wants attention just wants credit um and i think now i'm at a point where like if we sell ten thousand dollars of clothes tomorrow i'll be happy cool the second that happens and the second I, I get over that high my question is okay if i put out something completely different in a month how many people stay mm-hmm. what i want is longevity i want i want loyalty i want growth right like real growth not just like algorithms and, and and for you pages and, and explore pages yeah i don't want to get caught in a wave because right i look at the, the brands that i look at now as for like inspiration in terms of like not even just like designing and stuff but just like business structure i look at things like old nike i look at like the beginnings of nike i look at the beginnings of adidas i look at tommy hilfiger i look at lacoste at ralph lauren um at Carhartt, Levi's. Right. I look at I look at people that have been around for centuries, like a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you survive? What did you do? And every single time it's always the same answer. It's you don't lie to people and you provide value. You give them something to care about versus something that just looks cool. Hundred percent. Right and definitely. I, I I would choose instead of having like millions of followers and little uh interaction, then like a small group of thousands. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and all of them interacting, commenting mm-hmm. back and forth. Of course. Any day of the week. 100%. Yeah. And and just what you mentioned earlier, the idea of like, because it feels more, when you do what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And the True. idea that you're with your friends, you're doing something you're passionate about, and on top of that, you got money out of it. Great. Must That's have a been, win-win. Must have been That's crazy. Ecstatic. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, That's I, great. That, that would have been like, bro, what? Wait yeah. a minute. We get 200 That's great. This? Yeah. That's, it was the best feeling. <laughs> yeah. Because, right, like everyone wants that right everyone wants and it's, i think that's the reason people like do freelance or whatever is like you go from i love doing this thing to i can make money from this thing and support myself through this thing and i cannot have like a shitty job right and i think everyone romanticizes that idea but no one talks about between those two points you have to say okay wait a minute i love this thing that's a b is I'm going to make money doing this thing. But the point in between that no one talks about is the bar of what I'm willing to do that I don't like just got way higher. Yeah. Way high. I can now do, I now have to do so many things that I don't like mm. to make money, to, to, to grow, to, to win, to, to achieve things. Right. The bar, my standards have gone so down that I'm not willing to do anything and everything for a price tag, 
for the fact that I get paid. Yeah. And look, we're all guilty of it. There are still points today that I will do a video. I would do something that I hate doing. But I think what I'm proud to say is that money has never been the reason that I do something. Mm -hmm. I may do your shitty video and I may do a thing that I hate for 500 bucks. But the second that that 500 bucks hits my account is the second that I spend it on getting shirts printed or buying a really cool piece or paying somebody else to do a design. Like, it's never about, haha, I made money. Yeah. Never been about that. Never, not once. And I think that's really cool. I think the fact that I can say that money has never controlled my moves. That's good. It's never controlled what I do or who I do it with. Yeah, that's good. It's great. So when you have the security in that and you have the like the balls to be like no i'm not gonna do what you want even if you pay me a thousand dollars when you pay me ten thousand dollars i'm not gonna do it but right. i'm gonna do it when you have the balls and you have the security to say that you again it's very lonely right like you there are times there are days where my my, my bank account fucking is like pinball mm. there are days where i owe bank of america five hundred dollars there are other days where I wake up and I have $10,000 in my account. I give up security. I give up consistency. I give up a stable paycheck. In return, the moment that I make money, I am 100%. I have not even hit 100%. I'm not 200%. I've won 200%. Why? Because I won 100 because I have the balls and I have the security to say, I only do what I love. Right. No one dictates what I do, whether for their connections, for their clout, for their Instagram followers, for their money. No one dictates what I do and what I don't do. Right. And I made money. And, I, and, I'm, on, I, and I'm, I'm successful and I'm making money and I'm making profit. That's great. Yeah. There's nothing better. Yeah. There's nothing better. And I definitely see it. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, business owners are just people trying to do like social media, branding, YouTube. Yeah. We all kind of do discomfort. Me personally, mm-hmm. I had a, uh, this conversation with a friend the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking a lot. I don't like being, quote unquote, the center of attention. No, and, I observe. And I, exactly. And he told me, he's like, he pointed out, he told me, he's like, bro, you own a podcast. You run a podcast. And yeah. I'm like, I do it. Yeah. But it's not like, like, I love it. I love podcasting. Yeah. I, I love he- li- uh, listening to other podcasts and everything. But I do it for the sake of the art. I do it to, because I, I love it so much. I want to share with other people. No. But it's not like, like I'm doing it for me. Like this, it's not like my name's on here. Because like, no. if you look, if you go on my Instagram, it's mm. it's a faceless brand. I want it to be its own entity. Same. And I want it I don't to be want, I don't yeah. want my face or my success to dictate what the brand does. What mm-hmm. we're doing. I don't want the brand to rely on me. I want it to stand by itself. Yeah. And I've definitely spe- stepped out of that realm. Uh, TikTok. Like, yeah. it, it's great. But personally, I I wouldn't have downloaded it if it wasn't for the sake of the brand. And I yeah. I wouldn't have done a um basically gotten out, out of my comfort zone for the sake of the brand. Mm-hmm. Now I could say it's a bad thing because I'm doing things that I technically don't want to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's good because, like I said, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm doing good things. Of course. And I'm learning. Of course, you're having great experiences. You're yeah. expanding, of course. I think. Look, for me, TikTok was different for me tiktok was like i don't want to download it it looks kind of cringy whatever i mm-hmm. don't really care for it exactly quarantine hit i got it um everyone was like you should put your edits from instagram on, on tiktok it'd be great 
you can blow up your Instagram if you do that. And I was like, eh. I started doing comedy videos. Right. I started doing skits. Never done skits. Yeah. Comedy's always been something that I'm like, it'd be kind of fun to do. Like, I never tried it, but I was like, I, I'd love to do stand-up one day. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Started doing TikTok. Started working. I got one that has like five, like half a million views. Got another one that has like 50K. And I started working and people were like, oh my God, are you going to do comedy? Like, are you going to do comedy now? I was like, no. I, I made those videos because it was fun for me. It was, it was a, it was a place to vent and place to like have fun and do dumb stuff. Yeah. Just because it works doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to do that. Yeah. And just because, again, just because I don't post my edits on TikTok doesn't mean that I'm neglecting video work. I don't know. I think for me, I think I've always, that was the thing that like my mom taught me was like, nobody, nobody should dictate what, like what, what you do in life. No one should dictate. If you find someone that you are willing, that's why I'm a terrible employee. Right. That's why I can't hold it. I can't hold a job. And even like not real jobs. Like I, my first like freelance job ever after I quit my shitty job was I found a family. Um, and I only met them because I shot their daughter's one year old birthday party. Yeah. And I shot their one, like I shot the party. I did the video. I did the video. They're great people. Like they're super nice, super sweet. They do YouTube videos mm. like for a living. Um, and they were like, we want you to edit our videos. Can you name drop or not? Yeah, their name is Nico and Crystal. They're big on TikTok now. They're like moving with like all these like other family channels. They're doing great. Yeah. Um, and I only took the job because when I was at the party and I put the camera down and I like, I was like, I got my shots. I'm good. At yeah. least for now. I'll wait. Like the next thing happens at the party. They were the same exact people. So to find people that are genuinely the same, both on and off camera is very rare. Especially in a place like family vlogs. That's super rare. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy in there's that community. a lot of controversy. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hypocrisy. And so when they offered me the job, I was like, yeah, I like you guys as people. I'll, right. do, that be- I'll, I'll, do, th- I'll do the job solely because I like you guys as people. Yeah. Plus, it was cool to get paid, right? But there was a point where I spent so much time editing for them. And I spent so much time that I, started, I stopped doing my own projects. And so we're still friends. We're still cool. I still call them. They have two kids now they're doing great we're super tight super best friends the the wife is like a big sister to me um and they're great and we're super tight but i think again even before that even when i had my shitty job even when i tried freelance and i did restaurant videos and wedding videos and cooking videos and all this different stuff i've never ever found anybody to this day i've never found somebody that has a project that has a company that has a mission or whatever that I care about so much to sacrifice my own time, my own dreams, my own ideas. Right. I've never found that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I always knew like entrepreneurship was, was it for me. Like I, I need to do something by myself. I need to build something for myself. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think just giving up the power of like deciding what you want to do is that scares the shit out of me. I hate that. Exactly, and uh, that that's the best advice to never settle. I I literally yeah. quit my job like two days ago. Really? Uh huh. Jeez, what were you doing? I uh, oh man, I can't say too much. But um, I I worked at at a gym, mm-hmm. and originally I was supposed to be front desk, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a like a janitory team. Like it was literally mm. 
it used to be one guy, but he like he couldn't do it. And I was like, I mean, fuck it, I'll do it temporarily. Yeah. Like I do it until we hire somebody, and then I could go to the front desk. desk. Yeah. But as soon as I I start working, like literally, no, like like let, let me let me clarify. My application, like if they search it up, I applied for front desk. I yeah. didn't apply to be a cleaner. And then I start cleaning. Uh, the ma- the assistant manager told me it's only a temporary thing. Like like she preached me appreciates me helping out. And then what happened? And then uh, a little bit of drama broke out. And then like I was like, whoa. And then I was like, that that was yeah. cool. And then and then my my boy tried to reassure me like, oh yeah, this is out of the blue. This isn't this isn't the norm. Mm. Uh, later down the line, like a week later, mm. the manager gets fired. After that, the assistant manager quit. Mm. And then a, a brand new management team comes in. And then, you know how it goes, like new management. Of course, everything changes. Everything changes. Like they, they don't understand the relationship or, or, yeah. the, or the deal that they we had before. before yeah. So I, I, was, I told them, I was like, oh, well, I know we haven't hired a, someone to be a custodian yet, but can I, can I still move to the front? And they told me no. And, and then on top of that, they started cutting my hours. So I was like, no, what's the point? Of There's me no th- point. Look, dude, my... So I quit, and then... There you go. My then, shitty job, like, my, like, yeah, when I moved back here, um, I told my parents, I was like, look, give me this semester. I won't do school, but, like, give me those six months, I'll get a job, and, like, I'll figure my life out, I'll figure out, like, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 school and a job right now. And so I got a job. Um, my job, actually, my sister got me my job, because she used to work at the same place. We were working at the port mm-hmm. uh, of Miami. Um, we are doing, like, immigration and visa information and checking in people for cruises. Wow. Which I was like, as far as shitty jobs, it was a great job. Like, I was in air conditioning. I got free lunch. I wore a suit. Like, as far as shitty jobs go, it was a great shitty job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there were things that, like, I'd have to do that, like, I didn't love, right? Like, I'd have to, like, because I was a guy and I was big, I was like, okay, can you help us, like, move and carry stuff? And I was like, yeah, it's fine, okay. I don't want, like, the, like, the little old lady to do it. <laughs> um, they'd put me outside in like the heat with like buses and like loading people into buses yeah crowded areas yeah which like I, again at that point I was like look I don't really know what's happening in my life right now I don't really have direction in my life I'll I'll take what I can get and if right. I can make a little bit of money out of it sure not a bad thing the point that I broke was a, uh, a lady that I like that worked at my high school that even like isn't even like a lady she's like in her 30s she's like a big sister mm-hmm that I was, like, super cool with and super tight with, she walked in to the port with, like, seven other women to go to, like, a bachelorette cruise. Mm, wow. And I, and I, like, I had to, like, serve them and, like, wait on them and, like, talk to them like they were, like, my bosses and in charge of me. Like, I was, I was a server. Right. And the embarrassment of looking at that lady in the face and being like, yes, this is what I'm doing. Two years after I left high school, and this is this is this is my achievement, and this is my success, was so embarrassing and so infuriating that I I quit the next day. Wow! I quit the next day. I was like, I cannot, I cannot do that. Wow, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. Every, everyone has a story. Uh, yeah. Very interesting stuff. Uh, but go, go yeah, no, for sure. And and then from there. Look where you are now. Yeah. But I want to talk about more about the, like we talk about the, the why and how. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the experiences of when okay. it comes to photography because uh, have you ever like done anything kind of risky when it comes to photography in the sense that 
uh, before I did this, mm -hmm. I also did a, a little bit of photography. Nice. Uh, I, I used to do, not what I necessarily love, but I used to do, what I would do is I would uh, take pictures for real estate agents of the house and then and then send it to them and then mm -hmm. they, they put it on the website and be like, this is how the house looks and make it all nice and pretty and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also around that time, I wanted to, to venture off and do uh, photo shoots of what I, I yeah. want to do. So I would take a model. We would go some places where mm -hmm. we're, we're technically trespassing. trespassing. Yeah, of course. Or we would go to a certain place that you have to pay a, a large yeah. fee if you're doing a, a photo shoot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. And like we would kind of like hide away from the employees. Yeah, and the, the, of course. Yeah, you, do you have any specific story that comes to mind? Um, that you were like, whoa, hi. I think like when I first started, like right when I graduated high school, like right before I left for college, mm -hmm. um, I met up with these kids. Um, that I really know most of them. I think only one of them. Um, at a rooftop in like downtown in Brickell. Um, it was completely legal. It was a parking garage. Nothing, nothing crazy. Okay. And then we like sunset was hitting, and we're like, "Yo, we should like it'd be cool if we can get like like a few people on the side of the building." So we climbed up. Um, we were hanging off like the like the air vent on the side of the building on the roof, and like Miami Dade like police showed up, and they were like, Oof. "You get off that thing," and I was like, "Shit, okay." <laughs> We all split up. We like ran different places. Like oh, you ran away? The, yeah, some people hopped to the metro. Uh -huh. Like we all, it was like six of us. And we all split up. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the first time that I like did anything like that. That just scared the shit out of me. I was fucking terrified. Yeah, um, but but be honest. Did you have that little moment afterwards where you're like, yo, we're, oh, we're, we're kind of badass. Oh yeah, hell yeah, you feel great. You're yeah. like, damn, I've one of the cops. Fuck yeah, you. I feel cool. Uh -huh. um, another one was I think in 2019 we went to aerospace. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, aerospace no. it's no. in the it's like red like next to the everglades okay it's like an abandoned old like air jet facility oh i think i seen it on like abandoned Florida. yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's it that's, that's how one. you found it that's how the one <laughs> yeah that's the one yeah and so we got there drove like two and a half hours um it was like five or six of us um and we were like yeah cool we parked and it was like hey you gotta you gotta like walk like six seven eight miles and I was like, all right, it's kind of weird. The road was closed. Like, we, we just, like, hopped the thing. And we're like, all right, let's walk. We walked yeah. six miles. Um, and we we showed up, and it was literally just, like, abandoned buildings. And then we heard, like, firefighters and, like, helicopters. And I was like, shit, this is okay. Shit. No electricity, no light, nothing. No wait, cars. wait. What, what do you mean you heard a firefighter? Like, the helicopters flying yeah. over you guys? Mm -hmm. Or towards you yeah, guys? No, like, over us. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and I was like, it's probably not for us, but, like, I don't know. Who knows what happens, right? And so, um, some of, like, some of us got lost because there's, like, a bunch of little, like, little structures and shit there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, I don't know. It's, it's fun to definitely try to find cool, like, cool spots and cool places to, to take photos and shit. Right. Um... I think for me, I've always been on the on the tenor side. I'm like, ah, I don't know, if we should do that. I've always been the safe guy. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the busco guy. That's, that's yeah. me. Um, and so, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think I try to avoid that. I try to. Right. Um, but sometimes you know you, you get it, caught up and you do it, but yeah, you know, it's fun. It is definitely. Yeah. I mean, switching gears a little bit. Do you have any kind of embarrassing stories that I come to shoot like? Uh, like doing a whole photo shoot with a client and then accidentally deleting oh, the SD yep. card. 100%. But personally, I had this one shoot early on in, in my you know photography career when I was still in high school. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had a photo shoot with this one girl and it went well. Mm -hmm. 
And she liked it so much that she's like, oh, can you do one for my little brother? His birthday's coming up. Mm -hmm. So the plan was to be, they wanted, they picked the location. I was like, all right, perfect. And they just wanted pictures of, of him with the family, stuff, things like that. So the day comes and me and my dad beforehand, like there's like plenty of time, two hours into the shoot. Uh, and we decide to try this new pizza place nearby. Uh, so then we do. The pizza was was all right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was 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 normal. So then the time came. I I got my equipment. I got dressed. And at the time I wasn't really driving, so my dad took me. Mm-hmm. So then we're going, and then boom, my my stomach started growling, <laughs> and it was bad. And then on top of that, you know Miami traffic. Yeah. Miami traffic hits. And I'm like, do you think, like, I'm talking to myself, I'm like, can I wait until after the shoot? Or can I do it quickly before? And then I'm like, no, I, I can't, I can't. We stopped by a KFC. The, the male bathroom was out of order. So I guess what, yeah, I guess what, I had to, homeboy had to go into the females real quick. Blew that up. And then I'm, I'm like, okay, like, like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta drive, we gotta floor it to, to this location. We drive a little bit lo- uh, longer. Growls again. There's a McDonald's. Luckily, that bathroom was oh, uh, operating. We go in, blow that up. I'm like, okay, we're in the clear now. But at that point, you did two pit stops. You're hitting Miami traffic. Yeah. We're late. Like, we're literally, while that was happening, the sunset was going down. Mm-hmm. I get there. I got, like, 15 minutes uh, with, uh, with the sun out. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, dusk hit. Like, it was too dark. Like, I needed to say... The the way the shoe went wasn't up to my standard, and it definitely wasn't no. up to theirs. No. But at the same time, I, I was I, I only charged them ten bucks, so it's kind of oh, like that's cool. Yeah. yeah that's so it's kind of like you get what you paid for that's kind of situation. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, like it was a bittersweet moment, but it was like, damn, that's I folded cool. on that's, this for one. ten bucks. That's fine. <laughs> I folded, but I dropped the ball on that one, and it was a huge learning lesson. I mean, of course. I definitely you know, after that I taken precautions to make sure that never happens of again. Of course, you know. Uh, they're all learning experiences yeah. at the end of the day. But is there any for you that come to mind? Um, the first time that we did a shoot for the brand, we rented a studio. Then after that, we we're going to go to a parking garage. All right. Went to the parking garage for like maybe a half hour. Maybe. Maybe like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it started raining. And so we're like, shit, now what do we do? Like, we have to figure out what to do and indoors. Yeah. Um, so we went to our tech house in Miami Beach. Mm-hmm. which is like this like light projection museum thing that looks really cool people take a bunch of pictures at it and we showed up whatever we pay whatever we do the whole thing do the video whatever it looks great um and we're like okay cool let's go to like a starbucks down the street and like dump files in between leaving that place and sitting down in starbucks i lost my card the uh sd, my card. SD card with everything on it oh boy from the whole day from the studio from everything um and we like it was like five or six of us, and we just spent like a, like a good like 20, 30 minutes looking for this card. Turns out I dropped it at Starbucks, and mm-hmm. one of the employees picked it up, mm-hmm. and she was just holding it in a little apron thing. Okay. And we're all like, "Shit, okay, all right, thank you." And then as soon as I get it, I sit down, and I knock over somebody's drink, and I spill it on my card. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Not like this, no. Um, luckily everything was okay. Like we able to find all the footage and everything was fine but like that that was a really stressful moment <laughs> definitely like once you think you're safe that's when the, yeah. that's when you get a guy um even recently like 
I went, I've been having issues with my, I hate that. I've been having, like having issues with my card. I don't know if you know that thing where like, it's just like movie recording automatically stops for no reason. Yeah. It just says that for no reason. Mm-hmm. That had been happening to me a lot. Um, and I brought a few cards with me to this wedding like two weeks ago. It was my best friend's wedding. Like I helped put him and his girlfriend together. They, they, they just got married. Like it was a huge deal for me. Yeah. Um, and they wanted a video. And then, and like, we shot, like, an engagement shoot before, and, like, we went to, like, a local park. It was great. And I kept seeing that message, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to, like, the camera store that I used to go to when I lived there. Um, and I'm going to buy a card. I'm going to buy, like a, like, a CFast card. Like, it was, like, a $400 card. Sure. Um, and I, we don't buy it. We get back to the hotel we're staying at. I'm about to put it in. Turns out my camera doesn't take that card. Oh, no. So I wasted 400 bucks. And then I'm like, fuck, dude, we shot the we shot the park stuff today, and I keep getting that message, and the wedding is tomorrow, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. dude. You can refund it? No. Because I was leaving the next day, and they closed right there. Like, I, I was there the last second. Damn. And so, I temp, it's at my house. I have a $400 car that I can't use in my house for no reason. Yeah. That I have to return it somehow. But, yeah, no, there are still moments today where I'm like, again, I don't know. I think that's a, I think, like, the overall message for me in that is, like, I think that's a big benefit that I have because I don't like this thing nowadays, like this thing in culture now where people are like, fake it till you make it. Like you have to act like you belong even though you don't. Mm. I hate that. Yeah. I, because right, like when you're old and you're like struggling with like being old, like you turn 30 or like your midlife crisis or whatever. I think my like senior citizen type thing. Yeah. <laughs> like when you like hit 30, people are like, oh my God, you feel so old and like whatever. People always tell you like, I think the solution for that is like, especially with like a brand, like there's a, there's a, interview that i watched on youtube um and it was the same issue like i think the answer to that when you feel old and you feel like obsolete or whatever is to like accept the fact that you have like wisdom and you have legacy and you have history that like a young person like someone the guy who like a guy who has a brand i have a friend named john who Mm -hmm. has a brand since like 2015 2013 right and he's doing great. Like, all the people are wearing his, like, Setch is wearing his stuff, Jay Balvin, Bad Bunny. Like, all those people are wearing his stuff, which is, he's doing very well. Yeah. Um, Shout out to John. Yeah, John's doing great. Um, and I think, like, the benefit that John has over me is that, like, John can say, like, he has a history, he has a legacy that I don't have. I can't say that. Yeah. He has that, like, that age factor. And I think the opposite problem is, like, Look, I think my benefit, my, like, a big advantage, whatever, that I may have is that I'm not scared to own my youth. I'm not scared to own my mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared to be like, yeah, I'm new, I'm fresh. Because at the same time, I'm new, I'm fresh. Like, I can, there's a lot of shit that I can do that I don't even know my potential yet. Exactly. Um, and so I think it's the same issue, right? Like, you're either A, I'm really old and I can't be in my 20s anymore. Or B, I'm really young and nobody respects me. Right. The solution is the same. Just get over it. Like own own the like the like the point in which you're at. Exactly. Um. And so I don't know. I think this perfect way this to idea. Hmm? That's a perfect way to to put it. Yeah. Just own it. I think this idea of like acting like you belong is 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 weird. I think I just, I don't know. It feels a lot like lying to me. Yeah. Of like, yeah. Like I could again, I could lie and say yeah. I've directed like 17 productions mm-hmm. and I've been on huge sets and I've worked with huge studios and 
Um, again, I think I, the the cool way that I say it when it comes to the brand is like we're just ten teenagers just fucking around. We're ten teenagers. Yeah. Just figuring, just doing, having fun and figuring it out. I don't know. This is this is not supreme. This is not. I I think I'm very good at owning the fact that I'm young and I'm inexperienced, and I think that gives me an advantage because I don't think I, I don't think I try to copy anybody. Right. I think I try to follow people's formulas, which I think gives me an advantage. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Uh, like talking to you today has been super inspiring. Definitely, mm-hmm. like wants me to kick up a notch what I'm doing over yeah. here. Uh, I'm gonna ask you one more question, then we're gonna jump into Instagram questions. Sure. Um, uh, simply put, how do you do with procrastination? Um. I'm a very big procrastinator. Mm-hmm. Very big. Um, I think it's definitely a problem that I've always had. But at the same time, I think I also bounce between extremes, which I'm trying to get better at. I bounce between either like not doing anything, and then the second... Sorry. The second I get an idea, the second I get some sort of spark, I'll call my team. I'll call my friends. I'll call my people that I live in different time zones. I'll call them... A th- Three, four in the morning. Yeah. I'll spend two or three nights in a row completely awake just designing something and figuring out some sort of concept and getting it out of my system and finishing it. So, I don't know. I think I don't wake up at 7 a.m. I don't, like, I, I'll, I'll sometimes wake up at, like, 2 in the afternoon and I'll go to bed at 6 a.m. Yeah. I think it's not so much about, like, following a traditional schedule versus, like, really, really, really... Um, what's that quote is, um, um, it's, um, no, no, for sure. Uh, while you do that, I just want to uh, put my input out there about yeah. what you said. Definitely, uh, with the age thing, you just got to own up to it. You can't be ashamed. Like, what's no. the point of lying? Because I remember, uh, back when I was a freshman, I lied to a junior that I was a sophomore. And then my boy, I told my boy, my boy pointed out, he's like, what's the point of that? They still see yeah. you as an underclassman no matter That's what. It. So what was the point of lying? And ever since then, I was like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. Yeah. Let me just be honest. Yeah. And, and that's it. This is, a, this is a, a fool sleeps when he's tired, a wise man sleeps when he can. Yeah. I think it's about like, in terms of procrastination, I think like. It's pushing yourself. Yeah. I think, like, look, am I a procrastinator? Sure. I, I think that's pretty accurate. I'm also an addictively, insanely hardworking person. Mm-hmm. So I think it's okay for me to, like, just not do anything every once in a while. Like, just have fun and relax and chill, even though I'm not great at that. Like, my procrastination is, like, watching movies and doing research and watching YouTube videos and catching up on TV shows and definitely i see like yeah. one of those people that even when you're not working I'm you're still, still, working, you're still yeah. working like i don't have a social life like, uh-huh. if i hang out with the people that i work with my my work life is my social life yeah it still is weird for me when like the people that i work with are like let's hang out cool okay because we usually end up we always talk like we always end up talking about work and they're like no no, no let's hang out go to top golf go get dinner not do anything and just like hang out and just do nothing and i'm yeah. like okay it's kind of weird but okay sure so, I don't know. I think I'm never completely unplugged, ever. Yeah. And I think because I'm not 
sticking my face in a book or writing a report or outside doing stuff. I think because I'm sitting in my house or like catching up on sleep. I think like, again, I think the mental health aspect of that is very much overlooked. Mm-hmm. I of Like just letting steam out. Yeah. Just like ventilating and like just kind of like decompressing. Taking a break. That's very important. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Even for me, I like, uh, I, I, I try my best to, to do research and come up with the best questions. Mm-hmm. And let's say I would get a guest, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, okay, I, I have a good amount of time to to spread it out, and then boom, I end up doing everything all in one night. Yeah. Which is like, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, because at the end of the day, if you're getting work and you're getting good quality work, th- it. does it really matter if you How do it? How or when or in what time frame or intervals? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you got it. Uh, so jumping into our Instagram Q and A's, yes. I just want to say. Thank you to everyone who submitted their questions. Yes. This first one comes from oh, and uh, uh, but before we, before we started recording, I mentioned I had a co-host. Yeah. One of the things that she did great, she was super good at pronouncing Instagram handles. I don't <laughs> know how she did it. Personally, I suck. So it's all good. Full warning: if I mispronounce your username, uh, my bad. <laughs> this first question comes from uh, Hesica. Yeah. I just uh, said a few. Period. <laughs> OC. Yeah. Yeah. And she asks. What were your major fears when starting the brand? Um, not being a good leader was my biggest one. Yeah. Not being a good leader. I think that scared me the most. Like, do you, do you mean like getting respect out of them or, or leading them the wrong direction? More? Um, I think just not being... Um, I think just not giving them enough respect, I think, was a big fear of mine of like... I want to make them feel underappreciated. I want, like, I want to make them feel like they're special and they're worth it and they, they're in, like an integral part, which I think I've done a pretty good job at. Um, but for me, yeah, I think the biggest fear was like just not being an effective leader. And right. I think, because again, I, I knew that very quickly the dream of like, this is going to work in like three weeks. That dream died out very quickly of like, this is going to work immediately. And we're going to make a ton of money right now. Yeah, that died very quickly, and reality, that, hit. reality hit very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the goal shifted in terms of like I want to lead them well enough for them to commit, and to really, really want to grow, and to really, really want to be here and get yeah. their own achievements and goals out of this experience. Yeah, kind of make this like their project too, and I just yes. oh, I'm doing this for oh, exactly. You're like you're not else. just employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this is your thing too. This next question also comes from Hezekiah. Period. OC. Uh, advice to anyone who wants to start a brand start start you don't need to again school helps school's great it can give you an insight it can give you connections and a network right start there's no better teacher than experience i completely agree but any advice for uh shipping because i know shipping could be a bitch if you shipping yeah um because like yeah i'm not sure like ups charges like like yeah seven bucks for a 16 ounce shirt or something um i think just like just figure out the best solution figure out the best way to like package things that it's cheaper for you figure out the best way to um get product to somebody for cheap um but still make sure that it's good quality be friends with your local ups guys and fedex guys and amazon guys be friends with them they're cool just make sure they don't break your stuff (laughs) talk to people yeah yeah uh, this next question comes from our previous guest, Sage. Oh, yeah. Nice. You can see his episode 
episode 27 is out now. It's great. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) He says, what is your goal in life? Um, My goal in life is to be the happiest, humblest, and and most hardworking person that I know. Hmm. I think that goes to his next question where he asks, why are you the GOAT? (laughs) Um, I don't think I'm the GOAT. I don't think I'm the greatest of all time. I think I'm... I think I have a decent chance because I think I do things for the right reasons. Mm. I don't think I'm here to cheat people or take advantage of people or lie to people. I think I just want to express myself and what's in my head and hope that some people can care about. And so if that works, that's nothing but positive. That's great. I appreciate that. That's really good. We need more people like that out here. And this final question comes from Audrey underscore Smoke, mm-hmm. and they ask, "What is something that has changed your outlook on life recently?" Um, my relationship with my dad. My dad's my best, like he's my best friend. Um, mm-hmm. and I think now that I'm older, our relationship is shifting from like me needing him for everything to like us being like more friends. Mm, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's definitely opening my eyes to be like. Like, answering the question of, like, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? Because um, my dad, I don't know, my dad's, like, my, he's my best friend. He's, like, I consider him definitely the smartest person that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, like, he makes me look like a bitch. Like, he works insanely hard. He makes me look like a pushover. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think it's great. I think that, like, again, th- that process of, like, shifting has been happening for, like, the past, like, two, three years. Of seeing him like being one hundred percent happy and okay with like the small wins and like the small victories and not getting all the attention and all the award and all like the glamour, I think just being happy with a good, humble, stable life mm. is something that I've definitely opened my eyes to. Again, that's why I'm not focused on like money, aspect. money and followers and, and algorithms and views. And I think it's just about operating. In terms of like again, the the biggest return on investment, the biggest ROI for me is happiness. Right, like being happy all the time. Definitely, and it, your dad sounds like a good role model. That's he's a good dude. He's he's very he's harsh. He's very demanding. Hmm. He's high expectations. Hmm. Um, but I think you know. I think again, it's one of those things where like it's how you when you look at how somebody moves, when you look at the fact that like he's never ever 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 told me. I expect that and that and that from you. Right. But at the same time, I know he does because of the way that he moves. Yeah. I know that he looks at me in a certain way. I know that he expects certain things of me and he wants those things from me, but he's never thrown it in my face. Yeah. It's more like he sees uh, the potential he in you potential. and what's to push you to. And it. so for me, it's one, it's humbling, but it's also gratitude. Mm. Um, and feeling like if I do certain things and I achieve certain things and I get to that point in my life that satisfies him and that makes him happy but it's also again I think the irony of it is that by saying nothing he taught me to want everything he taught me to work for everything by never putting that as like a requirement Hmm. so well said yeah uh well I want to first thank you for coming on taking time out of your day thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun and thank you guys for uh, listening and submitting your questions. Yeah. I appreciate that. Great. Uh, is there anything uh, you want to shout out? Um, wherever can people find you? And anything up- upcoming that we should look out for? Um, you said this is coming out the 6th? 
Yes, the sixth of May. Okay, well, um, I turned twenty-two on the eighteenth. Oh. Um, for that, we're dropping uh, a hoodie um, that I'm really, really excited about. We actually shot the campaign for it last week. Um, and uh, you can find me at DRCR on Instagram, and the brand is at the 8%, all mm-hmm. words, the8%.us. Um, and yeah, no, I think... I think I, I know this is like the, like the plug moment or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But I think if I would like necessarily have to say something, it's like rather than just like plug a social media or whatever, I think it's do something. Like I think it's a message of like stop making excuses, stop bullshitting people, get up and like start doing something, start doing what you want to do, what makes you happy. I think Steve Jobs said that. I think he was like the three biggest words that will like propel you to do everything you want to do is that you're going to die. Mm, that is true you don't know how much time you have left so now is the time get started and I live by it you gotta do if you wanna do it do it now do it now that's it very well said (sighs) you're a very intelligent individual thank you once again thank you for coming on of course thank you guys for listening yeah have a good one everybody thank you guys